Welcome to the Retro Reservoir, where games from the past come rushing in. I'm Evan Jones. And I am Jack. And this is episode zero of uh, this podcast. Jack, I Whatever kinda, this is. Yeah, kind of <laughs> sprung this on you. How are you feeling? I'm super tired. I drove from Philly last night, way late. I got home at four in the morning, and then I woke up at nine. So mm. I am a very tired lad. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I have coffee, so it's okay. I, uh, I've been playing Elden Ring. It's been out for mm. about two days, and I've had 24 hours uh, logged into it already, so I'm kind of... Can we get a 24-hour review? It's good. It's Dark Souls plus Breath of the Wild. That's that's <laughs> it. I've been exploring. It's, it's, a, it's a good game. Getting my ass kicked. It's, uh, that's pretty I, much it. But um, Can you... Can you really quickly describe, like, some of the differences between Elden Ring and Dark Souls for those that aren't familiar, who might think that they're one and the same? Um, not re- I mean, like, gameplay-wise, it plays like Dark Souls 3. It feels like Dark Souls 3. It's pretty much in the same engine. It's just now, instead of going down singular paths, it's kind of like breath of the wild style open you can go anywhere do anything except if you go places that you're not really leveled for they'll kick your ass but you can just run through and pick up items so it's kind of like really explorative the combat system's the same you have a horse in this one uh weapon arts are a little bit more intriguing than in dark souls Mm -hmm. 3 um for instance there's this early on knife you get that you can just throw blood at people, and it causes a bleeding damage effect, which is really wow. cool. That sounds like a Bloodborne-type ability. You would think so, right? Yeah. Considering, like, the whole title of Bloodborne has the word blood in it, you would think you'd be able to do that type of damage to people. I need to get back into that game. You do. Honestly, I, I would yeah. suggest this one. Um, you would suggest Elden Ring? Yeah, it's... A very good introduction. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of biased because for me, Big, all right, this is, we're just like skipping intros and going right into it, I guess. So yeah, we're talking about games. That's the whole point talking. of this podcast. For those of you who don't know, we're going to talk about retro podcasts or retro games. But I guess for right now, we're just talking about Elden Ring because it's relevant right now. Yeah, because that's all that's been on my mind for the past 24 hours and 16 minutes, according to Steam Log. Um, God, gotta love Steam Log. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Elden Ring, for me, as an introductory, I'm kind of biased on it because I've been playing since Dark Souls 1. I actually hated Dark Souls 1 when it, I first played it. Uh, but it was kind of one of those games that like you hate, and you can't figure out why you hate it. So you go back to it. And I did that three times before it like fully sunk mm-hmm. in for me. And so, because of that, like, and I've been, like, playing up and I've been, like, doing it here and there, playing uh, pretty much up until now, Elden Ring, where I now have all the Soulsborn language, like, ingrained in me. I, like, I don't Mm -hmm. really... It's one of those things where it's, like, if you've never seen an RPG, you're gonna be like, well, what's sleep? What's a phoenix down? Like, I just have those inherent languages yeah you've you've learned the dance and now you can dance the dance dance. and it's one of those things where it's just like i know it so now i can any challenge they bring at me it's like i have that background to kind of 
pull from. So I don't yeah. know if Elden Ring is super good for new. I think it is because it does a decent job. But at the <laughs> same time, well, while other Dark Souls games were like, here's the path you're going. You're either going to be good enough to do it or do it enough that you get good at it. Elden Ring mm-hmm. introduces the idea that you can just go anywhere. If something's too hard, you can just go to another place, which is good and bad in its own right because... It there's a lot more feeling of failure, I feel like, with Elden Ring, because like mm-hmm. I'll come up against something, do a random mini dungeon, which has a boss at the end, fight the boss six times, be like, alright, I think my health is not big enough, or I think I'm not outputting enough damage, I'll come back, mark it on your map, come back later. And that's great, that's wonderful, but that doesn't feel as good as like a structured... I'm supposed to be here, and I'm supposed to be able to beat it, so I'm just going to sit here and bang my head against it until I do learn it and do. <laughs> yeah. It feels more, I don't know, explorative, I guess. There's also, like, okay. segments where, like, like, it almost splits your brain into two segments. One is, like, this is Dark Souls. You're doing a Dark Souls level, and there are dungeons and... uh I guess I'll call them story beats, story beat progress points, where it's just Mm -hmm. a Dark Souls level. You're going through something like a Lothar Castle, or like the Bloodborne introduction, and you just, you go through it, and it's a level, and you're either good enough to do it or you're not. And then there's the open world, where you can just literally be like, this is too high for me, but I have a horse and the horse goes fast, so I'm going to run through and pick up as many items as I can. Hmm. And so you kind of split between that. It's very good for, like, the reason I think I've been able to put 24 hours in two days is because of that, like, being able to jump from thing to thing. You know? Yeah. I got you. Now, coming from someone who is not a avid player of souls games in a sense i saw elden elden ring as an opportunity to get into a kind of like i understand that dark souls is a very difficult game and that combat is something that i'm gonna have to spend time learning because it's a lot of it's a lot of mechanics and to use that phrase we said earlier it's kind of like a dance i've seen some people can compare it to like a rhythm game in the sense that you know the monsters telegraph their attacks and they have a certain tempo to them and the way that you beat the monsters is by keeping that tempo going throughout the combat to opt to like you know survive these like crazy fights that you've never you know gone up against yet but seeing elden ring it sparked an interest because of its setting more so than the settings of previous Souls games. Like, yes, Dark Souls in of itself is like a gothic fantasy, and Bloodborne is... Would you say Bloodborne's like a Victorian, steampunk-esque? Gothic like, Victorian, I would say. Gothic Victorian. and But this one felt like just a pure high fantasy. Like, it's a little dark, but I think that's more so just the color palette. But it, it looked like it, the the story that's there felt most inviting. I guess there's also Sekiro. I don't. I keep forgetting to pull Sekiro into it because that 
game that game feels very different compared to Bloodborne and the other Souls games. But I think it's worth mentioning that game too because that game was also on my radar because of how different combat looked in the setting and you know um just overall mechanics felt compared to the original games however i'm not good at these games and i understand i'm not supposed to be good at these games at first because you're supposed to it's like relearning how to ride a bike but i've always felt that souls games in particular had a very uh passive means of telling story like even you were saying before how the original games are kind of more linear in comparison to Elden Ring which felt weird because when I was playing uh Bloodborne and stuff like that it didn't really feel linear because if I I kind of just felt like I was getting lost half the time but I guess the difference is I was getting lost in a straight line in in terms of level design rather than in Elden Ring, as you were talking about, you have a horse and you can run around and, you know, fight things and run past stuff if you feel like you're not prepared for it. But it felt like in Bloodborne, I, if I got caught up in a space and I wasn't ready for that space yet, I couldn't really go anywhere because, like, all the all of the levels are in, like, these very, not all of them, but the, a lot of the spaces are in, like, these tight, like, narrow alleyways or like street corners or squares so there's not a lot of room to maneuver around at least from the couple of hours that i was able to play so it's interesting to hear you say that elden ring has a more open world whereas i just felt that other souls games had that to them like that ability to just kind of wander around and you know, stumble into like a random space and be like, oh shit, I shouldn't be here yet. <laughs> yeah. So to hear that, to hear that Elden Ring is even more open than that is enticing to say the least. And plus I get a horse. That's pretty dope. It was really weird. Cause I didn't know how well they were going to do it. Cause one of my favorite, like my favorite Dark Souls game of the Dark Souls series is Dark Souls one, because the entire world is designed to wrap in on itself. So you go from, like, Firelink, you scavenge your way all the way up to, like, this big castle. You're, like, out of breath. You are beaten. You don't know when you're going to meet a checkpoint. You find an elevator. You go down, and you're back at Firelink. So now instead of doing the whole track, you can just take an elevator up. And it's... People use the term shortcut porn because it's just, like, the most satisfying, like, okay, where am I? You're on. You're tense. You're on the edge of your seat. You don't know if you're going to lose your souls or accidentally run into a boss. And then you see something you're familiar with, and it's exciting and amazing. And that's kind of the basis of what a lot of early Dark Souls games were based on. You go mm-hmm. almost from like a challenge to rest point, challenge to rest point. Whether that rest point is a new bonfire, a new safe place, or someplace you've previously been or a shortcut that lets you do old things and bloodborne is interesting because how far did you get in bloodborne i got to the fight in the um where you fight the old not the 
he was a he was a hunter like yourself. Uh, Gaston. But he became Gascoin. You yeah, you fight him in the graveyard. Yes. So yes. I would say I, that was the fight. That was the last thing I got up to. I believe I beat him, but then after that point, I didn't know where to go. So I kind of I saved it. At that point, I was like, "Cool, I beat this. That was so much fun." Now what do I do? You know what? This is a good point to end like this round of gaming. I'll come back to this at a later point in time. And then I never did because I wasn't sure where I was supposed to go next. And I think that might just be my own So there's a, uh, there's a door understanding of the game. Okay. That, that just continues on to like, you know how that first section of Bloodborne works? You like multiple different paths, kind of some shortcuts, leading you kind of though funneling towards progress it's just another one of those and then that will connect to another one or that will connect to back to one which then allows you to open up something else and that's kind of how that game's but interestingly enough bloodborne i feel like it's probably the hardest one to start that's wild because (laughs) because you can't level up until you get a certain amount of insight so while a lot of Dark Souls and even Elden Ring, like if I don't feel I'm strong enough to do something, I can literally just go do a run four or five times, get a couple levels. And by a run, I mean just run through like the area, get the base amount of levels until I feel like I am satisfied. I think I can do the next part. Go to a bonfire or wherever your level up thing is and put points and whatever. And then boom, you're good. You're ready. Let's try it again from there but elden ring brings up the question of do i need to level up or am i just not supposed to be here yet and so it causes these moments where you're like bouncing off so many and getting so little wins in between those bounce offs that you're like am i just bad right now do i need to like stick at some of these longer so those like failure points feel a little bit more draining But I don't know if that's just because I'm discovering random things I'm not supposed to be at yet. If Mm -hmm. someone else were to play it and just completely followed... Elden Ring does give you kind of nudges into directions. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think if you follow those while also exploring, you'll be able to kind of... It kind of guides you in a manner so yeah. I, i'm just i'm curious to see how more people are playing it and uh how more playthroughs are ending up i'm also finding that the stats that i chose aren't early game oh well, i don't know if they're early game accessible yeah. or not because i don't like if i find something in the early level or the the first kind of like tutorial area that because i'm doing a strength magic which okay. is goofy and I like it because it's goofy. So I, my end goal is I kind of want to be able to buff a weapon, which right now is an anchor. Literally just an anchor as a hammer. Stop. That's awesome. It's I so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. I saw it and I went, well, this is my weapon for until I find a cooler one. So I want to be able so to So really like, quick. Yeah. Or do the weapon, can you shift the weapons or it's like, it's a straight weapon. You you mentioned that you can buff it with magic. Is that the the one of the new th- newer aspects to Elden Ring that kind of separates it is that you're able to, like, basically enchant your weapons. So, magic has always been able to have, like, I think in Dark Souls 1, it was, like, enchant weapon, crystal enchant, and you had, like, that line. 
Um, but in Elden Ring, they've taken that, given it to you earlier, and also there's these things called uh, weapon ashes, which allow you to change the scaling of the weapon, so you're still always going to need the base stats to hold it. Like right now, I think this anchor is about 26 strength, and so that's 26 strength to wield it one-handed. You can wield it two-handed, I think, if you have like 20 strength or something. Uh, I don't know how the exact math works in this game, but in previous mm-hmm. ones, it was like it gave you a 50% bonus if you two-handed it to strength. So, oh, like, okay. so if you had like a 50 hammer, like a 50 strength hammer, and you were at like 35, you'd be able to two-hand it and still use it. But how the weapon, the weapon ashes, which are essentially weapon arts from DS3, um, you they have different labelings so there's like some strength weapon ashes which if i attach it to it it'll increase the scaling on strength okay and if i attach a magic one to that it'll lower the strength but increase the magic there's quality ones which use decks and so that you you can shift around with different weapons which yes this sounds like a wild like coming from a like someone new this sounds wolf <laughs> yeah it's like it's something that you definitely it's enticing to want to learn it but like woof, like coming from coming with no context it's like oh my god this sounds like this sounds like a lot of work <laughs> it it's a lot of work early on because i know what these verbiages are so i'm able to see like oh i can do a magic scaling on a heavy weapon so that means i can do that and then your brain goes down but if you just want to get into it here's a bastard sword Upgrade it to plus whatever with upgrade materials that are literally just called smithing materials. Like, upgrade it, run through the game, put stats into damage, and put stats into health, and play the game. You can totally play it like that. I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to be a little fancy, which has actually caused me to have a little bit too low of health and endurance for my liking. That happens. (laughs) It happens. Well, I mean, what that means is. You saw me. I just got to go. You saw me when I did Hades. Yes, like I did the same thing with Hades. I when I first got Hades, for those of you who don't know, I've when Evan told me to get Hades, or Evan was one of several people to tell me to go get Hades because he thought that I would really enjoy it, and he was right. I did. I do really enjoy it. I think it's an incredible game, and honestly, like I pull it up when I'm I pull I play that game when I can't think of anything else to play because it's just so it's so easy and it's so much fun and runs take like. You can the long run could be maybe forty minutes, so it's perfect uh, if I've got like a couple minutes to kill. But uh, when I when I first booted up the game, I was streaming at the time, and I was like, you know what, f it, I'm gonna play on hell mode, and then which then gave me the packs of punishment right off the bat, and so I enabled all of the ones I could that didn't directly affect. Um, enemy health or their damage output. So pretty much all of like the annoying ones, like sacrificing boons at the end of a end of an area, or uh, not having as much health in recovery items. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, I think my heat was at nine for the entire entire time. I uh, I played. Hades and learning for the first time and Evan and some of my other friends were telling me why am I doing that when <laughs> I should be trying to just get through some of the story beats but to I was honestly you, like just to give you perspective um, 
you get plus one heat each time you beat the game. So he was playing it as if he beat it nine times. <laughs> like you can. <laughs> so he was just going in it hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun, though. Because <laughs> I finally. So I wound up getting rewards that I didn't know were special rewards until later. Like after I had gone through the main areas, like I didn't realize that the the special ambrosia, like the one in the whiskey bottle, I didn't realize that was like a like a rather rare item to acquire. And it's more of like a, after you play through multiple times esque thing. But I was getting those on like my second go throughs of doing the Hydra. I believe is the first time I got one, or no? Was it? No, I think it was Elysium. Either way, though, um, yeah, I, I mean, the game's going to be fun if you're playing it the way that you want to. So I'm all for your, like, glass cannon-esque Elden Ring run. <laughs> it's been really fun. Oh, man. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun. But to change gears just a little bit, this would be kind of a chapter that I like to call, Hey Jack, what you playing? Uh, oh. Which we'd, oh, it's we'd, got a title and everything. Yeah, it's got a title and everything. we have music? Uh, maybe if I'm not lazy later. <laughs> Do so... you want me to record like a little mouth soundtrack? Hey, Jack, what you playing? <laughs> well, I, I'm playing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking of having that kind of like midsection or just a little bit later. But right now I kind of, I think introductions are in order. Just uh, let people know this is episode zero. And I feel like a little bit of background. Uh, would be nice to know. Get them to know who we are and uh, how we know each other. Kind of wild how we're having this intro part thirty minutes into <laughs> into the into the thing. You know what? I'm letting it roll. Maybe I'll edit it into the beginning. Maybe I won't. We'll see what happens. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of like give a breakdown of our relationship, Jack. So mm -hmm. how do you know I'm, me? <laughs> how how do I know you? Uh, so me and Evan have known each other for. A good portion of our lives, we are old, old men, old, elderly men in their twenties. <laughs> so twenty years, about right. <laughs> yeah, roughly, roughly twenty roughly years. 20, first grade, I think. Uh, yeah, first grade. Yeah, Holy I... crap! I feel. Oh man, I don't want to look at a calendar nope, anymore. No, we're not. We're not. Date is an enigma. Mm -hmm. Time is a square. We. Someone brought up <laughs> how Skyrim is like. Tw almost old enough to drive and i was like no thank you no thank you i don't want to think about that isn't rick and morty like 10 years old now <laughs> i'm not at all thinking about that yeah, show not. please <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah so we... we've known each other for 20 about 20 years and we've been kind of i don't know we've been best buds for 20 years I, there's not really <laughs> that much to say like yeah we've been it's like friends. any other like long-time friendships that some people so i know some people aren't fortunate enough to have friendships be like 20 years old or at least not yet but it's kind of it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because it gets into a realm where you're not necessarily family but you could be but you call my mom mom yeah <laughs> you're not family I don't, but do you call mom. my mom mom no i mean you're over at my place you were over at my place a little bit more yeah, I, I feel was. like your house was a little bit more. I, I'm an only it's child, crowded. so your house had kind of like more going on. We had we have six people. Yeah, living so in the house. we kind of still just, do. 
I mean, we were at the park mostly too. So yeah, but so, like we 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 come from a tiny town along the coast, and yeah. we would just wander around, go on adventures, and we were lucky enough to start growing up in the in like the early stages of the internet, the earlier stages of what is now the modern internet, because there was internet prior to us in terms of AOL and um on yeah america online and dial up and stuff which is very frustrating to explain to people who are older than us who believe that we don't even know what a vhs cassette is or <laughs> someone got um someone was telling me like oh you wouldn't understand uh what a ham radio is i'm like what are, what are you talking about dude <laughs> or a floppy disk oh, they, they brought up floppy disks and i was like i played floppy disk like games on my on the computer Wait, of course i know what these are like yeah like <laughs> <laughs> but essentially like we grew up we grew up in a pretty awesome time in 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 history where right. computer where gaming was starting to become like a, a really cool avenue for storytelling and you know entertainment and like, because of that, we've kind of always been wanting to produce things, whether it was like doing stupid little film projects in backyard or like, oh, God, what was it? We wrote out an entire video game, like laid out on graph paper, a video game called what was it? Super Lederhose Bros. It was. It was just a, a Mario ripoff. In all honesty, if we had an understanding of how modding worked. We could have just replaced the sprites in Super Mario, and it would have been the exact same game. But I swear, we were <laughs> trying to make it like, like I, I think I had them a year or two somewhere. ago somewhere, <laughs> and it looked just like, it looked like a Super Meat Boy like level. Just there was saws and spikes and precision jumps, and I mean, we were what so, third, fourth so, grade doing that, so, so it wasn't something like intense. That. But so we, we we created Super Meat Boy. That's a. That's our that's our the, hook to get people to listen. The We're the original games. creators of flash Super Meat Boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing too. Is like we started uh, a lot of our time on the internet was spent playing flash games, and flash games were like such a cool avenue for people slightly older than us who under actually understood computers. And that's kind of, I feel like Flash games could be argued to be like the original indie game of sorts. Oh, yeah. I mean, Meat Boy started as a Flash game. A lot of the Newground stuff tended to like turn into like a, the Castle Castle, Crash, castle Crashers. Right? That team started with like Super Hominid, I think it's called, uh, mm -hmm. which was just a Flash game that then got onto the GameCube, which is weird to think about the GameCube and internet games in the same kind of context for me but yeah that actually leads me into like one of my first questions into the introduction which is like what's the first game you remember like the first game you remember i whether it's like playing or just seeing like what really cemented in your brain for me that game is it's either spyro or crash bandicoot in terms of like game like f feeling like i was having fun playing a game because of course because at the time there were the uh god what is that company called i just bought a ton of for nostalgia purposes i bought like the old cd-rom like kids games because there was a bundle 
for like 20 bucks but it was oh, like all of the, fish, enter- the yeah, yeah what are they called what's huge that giant, company big, called huge games big huge games yeah that company yeah i remember playing those games but the games that i remember playing and like really the ones that kind of stuck home with me was crash bandicoot on ps1 and spyro and where did you get your like, ps1 like do you remember so these times i first played spyro um actually i think it was at a daycare uh while my mom was out doing chores like chores she was doing like shopping or something like that there was a section where you can drop your kid off if they were young enough and they can like play with stuff i don't remember where this place was uh, was it at like shop i should ask her about it i felt i feel like it was at shop right but it was during a time where like you can leave your kids in a space and be like they're not going anywhere like, you go 13 year old watch my yeah. six year olds sure. well i mean like if you drop a ps1 in there i'm gonna think you know i'm not going anywhere I mean, so I, that's where i first played spyro I think and my then mom had something similar like I, w- I would go to a gym with her and mm-hmm. like i was six so i'm not going to the gym to go to the gym uh and they're just like here's a gamecube there's pokemon vhs <laughs> color i don't know and i was just like enthralled it's the greatest thing in the world. It is. Like, those introductions are really fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. you were saying continue? Oh, yeah. And Crash Bandicoot, the first time I played it was at my great aunt's house. Her son had a PS1 in the basement. And he had Crash Bandicoot. So I, I tried to play that. And it was the first time I realized the capabilities of like what a good platformer is. Because like, Spyro was more like, whoa this is a real video game. And then crash was more like a, Oh dang, this is where the skill comes in. Not to say Spyro doesn't have any skill, but I didn't think about it at the time. Yeah, I was more just like, Whoa, I'm a dragon. I'm a, drag? I'm a dragon. If I don't breathe fire for a while, the fire's bigger. Oh, <gasps> whoa. I remember that. <laughs> I can just ram. My mind. That blew my mind when like, I was, I was like, there's state changes. I didn't know the word at that, but I was just like, things mm-hmm. can change. So, <laughs> For me, well, yeah. What was yours? I remember my dad had a Sega Game Gear, Ooh. and I don't know why he had it because he never really struck me as a video game type. But he always like, I feel like he like had hyperfixations where he just was like, "This is new and neat. I want to try it." And so he did that with the Sega Game Gear, and this was when I first moved to Jersey. About like I was so I was about like four or five. And I just remember being like, what's this? And he's like, it's a Sega Game Gear. And I picked it up, and it was Sonic 2 on the Sega Game Gear. And it was crunchy, and it was colorful, and it used 20 batteries to power that thing mm-hmm. uh, for like eight minutes of gameplay. And I was enthralled. I loved it. Brought it to my aunt's like family parties. I was hanging around with it, and I was glued. From that moment on, loved it. But I think the thing that like really got me into games was i would go to this uh it wasn't a date it was like a summer camp i would go to this summer camp uh by Mm -hmm. the shore um and me being a little kid i'm like oh what are people doing oh my god those guys have a game boy immediately bolt over people playing pokemon silver actually it was people playing pokemon silver and the grinch game on game boy color the what the grinch how the The grinch Grinch had a game i don't remember this game it was a weird top-down you throw snowballs at people. That's all I remember. I just remember being enthralled. What a rude guy. Just being enthralled. 
and <laughs> I know I'm using Enthralled a lot. This was the first time I really like saw games. My mom loved Centipede and everything, so like sometimes mm-hmm. I would see Centipede, you know, one of those like plug and play systems. But this was really oh jeez, this was really just like oh okay, I'm going to make this my entire personality now. Can I tell you, like the game that really turned me into a gamer, a real gamer with a with elite speed ER, <laughs> bro. I I will bleed for Galaga. Oh yeah, I will bleed for Galaga, dude. I so when I was a little bit older, slightly past the years for uh, the PS One stuff, I went to a dentist who used to have arcade cabinets in a, in a in like a small area of the waiting room and so whenever we'd go i would go and i'd you know like plays the racing the i think it was like a like a forza no it wasn't forza what was cruising usa yeah cruising usa holy crap you knew exactly what i was talking was about USA or daytona oh my god Day- <laughs> daytona was like daytona made me want to be a race car driver and cruising usa just made me want to be old enough to drive <laughs> old enough to drive and run into cows and have the meat i am fly i am unconsciously screen. living living the cruising usa dream whenever i oh man last night in particular when i was driving home at three in the morning i was like cruising <laughs> remember uh, like bills? like in the Yes. Do you remember? Barnacle Bills was where I learned Street Fighter, learned about Street Fighter. But let me finish real quick. Okay, yeah. Let me finish real quick. Uh, At the dentist, they had a Galaga cabinet, and I would almost miss my appointments every time because I would spend hours, it felt like, playing Galaga. And to this day, if I see a Galaga cabinet, I have to play it, and I have to get on the high score list. It is an impulsive need to. I have to play this game because I love it so much. And it you do, so much you fun. do get on the high score list. I've seen you at a. There's a place by us called Yestercades, um, or by you now. I'm far away in the away. Massachusetts. Um, but yeah, there's a place, and uh, like every time we go, it's like, all right, hold on. You do it. Twenty minutes later, you come back. You're like, cool. We can play now. And then you go, <laughs> I can do other oh, things. Oh wait, here's that beer uh, game. Where it's, it's like a oh my gosh game. ice cold beer bro that game is so much fun it's not even really like a video game it's just a ball so i guess we'll talk we'll talk about ice cold beer for a hot second <laughs> ice cold beer is a bar with a bunch of hole like a bunch of random they're they're pseudo random but there's holes drilled cross. into a pegboard like drilled into a board and there's a metal bar and you have to balance a ball like you have two joysticks that control each side of the each one controls one side of the bar and you have to feed the you have to bring the ball into specific holes in the pegboard and they it gets progressively harder because uh as as you go further in like higher up the board there's the opportunity that you could accidentally feed the ball into the wrong spot but it's so like talking about it it sounds kind of boring but then you play the game. Take a quick and minute whole t- and look it up if you can. It's just <laughs> please. It very much is a like, uh, the, but it also just kinetically feels good because it's a physical oh, machine yeah. with a physical and ball l- rattling. So it almost feels like an arcade game. It's like no, the, all the pleasures arcade, of like me, a carnival game. Yeah, it's all the pleasures of nailing 
a crane game, but for, but with points instead of getting like the physical prize, like that feeling of, you know, doing like the little touches to the, the joysticks just to get the right angle going to have the ball, like just feed it's just to snake its way through like a couple spots to land where it needs to. And it's just, Ooh, Ooh, baby. So good. I love it. Yeah. I love ice cold beer. You were talking about, Barnacle After Bills, I was talking about Galaga and stuff, Barnacle Bill, which is it, it was just just uh, like seafood restaurant uh, by the shore near us. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Is, no, I know you can't throw peanuts I, on the ground. Okay, so it was amazing to me as a kid because they had this huge barrel of peanuts, and you would just like while you're waiting for your table, scoop up a wooden bowl of peanuts, eat them, and throw them on the ground because you can. And they like yes. they would enforce like they would allow it. It was like fine. It wasn't like I was a rude kid throwing peanut. Like it was just you throw the shells on the ground. Every it's everywhere. It's everywhere. If you have a peanut allergy, you can't go there. Um, no. And in the back, there was a crew. The reason I thought is there was a cruise in USA cabinet, and they had Neo Geo uh, cabinet. A cabinet that had a bunch of Neo Geo ROMs on it. But as my kid, all I knew was. That has bubble. It wasn't bubble bobble. It was like Bust a Move or uh, yeah. Where's Bust a Move? Bust a Move. It, it has the bubble bobble characters, and it you aim. <gasps> oh, it's the yeah. You aim the balls at the same colored balls, and then they like yes. Pop. That's the name of that game. Yeah, it's Bust a Move. It's weird. I, I know. I think in Jap- uh in <laughs> Japan it's called like Bubble Bobble Pop or something mm-hmm. like that. But um, Bust a Move. Yeah, it's called Bust a Move here. Weird. That's name. crazy. I love those characters, but I could never remember bust a move because who thinks of bust like the phrase bust a move when your objective is just to shoot, shoot orbs at the same colors. It's so weird. That place also had Street Fighter 2, and that's where I learned how to play Street Fighter. Right. So where I learned how to play fighting games was at one of the summer camp I went to. We would go to things like Funtime America and or just like places that had cabinets like that. Mm-hmm. And there was a Marvel versus Capcom one. At this oh, at this place that we would always go to, and Evan I loves Marvel vs. Capcom. Marvel. When's Marvel, <laughs> baby? We fighting. I would be Venom, uh, War Machine, and Captain America, and I was fucking seven, so I did not know how to like quarter circle. I didn't know the like touch of depths or anything at this point. I just remembered like a, a gaggle of kids putting quarters in to do like command neutrals and thinking it was the hypest shit i remember specifically venom has i think it's like a forward medium and it sends like it sends the venom like as a wave across it just is like a, a forward strike and i remember being like that's a super move that's special but also <laughs> if you press all the buttons you do like a super super like a real one so you didn't need to do anything you just mashed buttons and like tried to beat your friends i just remember the the music, the pixel art, everything about that sucked me in. I think that or Time Crisis is... 2 were my most, like, quarters put in games. Yeah, Time Crisis. You you get a buddy to play Time Crisis with, that, you could play that game forever. Yeah, we used to, at the movie theater, we used to have uh, Time Crisis 4, remember? Or was it yes, 3? Yes, I do. It was I one think of them. It was one of, yeah. Uh, the There's foot so much panel. Fun. You know what's wild is that there's a possibility of just owning, you could just buy like an older Time Crisis cabinet now, just have that in your home. Like, 
we we have adult money now. Them's the goal. I we mean, can, I don't have three thousand dollars. Evan, we can do it right now. Evan, you have three thousand dollars. I don't have three thousand dollars to put towards a random thing in my apartment that's five hundred square feet. Jack. Um. Um. You don't need a bed. You're right. I, I'll sleep on the. You'll gun sleep rack. on the time crisis. Table. I'll sleep on time crisis. <laughs> yeah, you'll stay warm with time crisis. Get rid of your oven. Just the, use the radiant heat from time crisis to fuel your food. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Integrate it into the bathroom. Have the have the time crisis pedal be the flush. Be the flu- of course, that's all we need. Exactly. So you need to look at the thing. You see a $3,000 waste of space. I see a $3,000 investment. Innovation. Innovation. <laughs> so this kind of brings us to, like, we talked about, like, I love fighting games, specifically, like, hyper fighters like Marvel. You, I know you tend to go more towards the more, uh, Mortal I, Kombat style of In fighting terms of game. fighting games? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think I kind of lean more towards Street Fighter and more so than more Which i guess street like street fighter because that's a that's a yeah huge... that does say a lot well the the one i have the most comfort in playing is street fighter 2 but so, then again there's like eight versions of street fighter so like 2 the slower you like the slower inputs and kind of like the footsies rather than a hyper game yeah but then again i love street fighter 2 ultra super street fighter 2 ultra i think that's like still the faster version slow it, it is faster but like compared to like three there was a time where I had an emulator on my phone and I had Super Super Street Fighter 2 Ultra and I put the setting to times 2 because the emulator thought that was a smart idea to have for Street Fighter 2. And so I was playing the game at like four times speed, essentially. Oh, God, dude. You should have seen like the beads of sweat coming down my head as I was going against Dalsim and I'm just like, oh, God, he's so lanky. So much reach. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I really like Street Fighter. I'm, oh man, I don't, I don't, I know this is not what we're talking set. about. I don't want to talk about the Street Fighter Six stuff, yeah. but I feel like I have to. So okay, because it's just I, we can save what that. What the hell? We can save that because I have a little bit of a segment I want to talk about called news or news to us, which uh, okay. I think we can do after. Uh, kind of the introductions, and then then, we'll, then I'll wait. I'll hold yeah, off. Yeah, and I have an idea of like uh, what we want from the podcast, which I think we're doing a pretty decent job portraying. But just to get a talking point down on episode zero, um, it's just a whole yeah, lot of talking. I kind of wanted, um, <laughs> I wanted to hear like what would you say are your like basic game tendencies? Because I know we kind of ha- differ in games. Uh, that so we, like, in the sense of like, I'm at a game buffet. What am I scooping and putting on my plate? Yeah, just kind of like, like what your, aspects of games, your go-to's, your genres that you like are enthralled Ooh. with, or like maybe genres that you like can't get into, kind of thing. I think it'd be interesting to kind of see where we both like land on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, you know what's funny is that 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 palette, that like that dish you you pick up from this this like metaphorical buffet of like what you get want from a game. Like that changes as I've it certainly changed as I've gotten older. Uh, and I think I think it's more so just because it feels harder to like it feels harder to find games that still suit those niches. That's not just things that you've already played. Like, for example, Ratchet and Clank. I love Ratchet and Clank. I think it's an I think it's one of the best 
platformer shooter like advent it's like it's, it's i mean could it be an adventure game it's a little debatable it's a little linear but like that game is so much fun but the only but they don't really make games like that anymore like uh, other than the insomniac who makes who make came out with the ration clank game that came out uh when did that game come out with a ps5 beginning of this year ps5 the launch be- about oh, holy crap the beginning of this year not or was this that last, year, year? last year sorry jeez it is 2022 now it is time it is. is time is advancing forward at a rate in which i do not appreciate <laughs> please stop <laughs> please stop time Ratchet and Clank is a is a genre of game that I would love to continue to play even now that I'm an old man, but those games aren't as prevalent and they I guess they just don't sell as much as they used to. So a lot of times I'm finding myself playing I I like I like all a lot of genres of games, but if I had to pick the ones that I play casually like in the spare times that I have time to game. It would be games like Hades where there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of like really chonky, good story. I love me a good story. Um, but, and there, it's very tight gameplay, but then there's the whole other side of things where I love mass effect and like our, like traditional quote unquote, they're more, uh, I guess I'd call them Eastern RPGs. Stuff like it's The like Witcher, D and D. Well, Mass Effect yeah. in particular is like a D and D kind of. Yeah, it's a little bit more of like a, like a choose your own adventure esque RPG. The first Mass Effect, which I can save for another time, the first Mass Effect is so starkly different from the later two Mass Effects. Like Mass Effect One is like straight up a sci fi RPG, and then two and three are more like RPG shooters. That like just kind of focus more on the story bits. I've only played one. Where Mass Effect, where Mass Effect One is like, we have the crunchy numbers that you have to deal with for an RPG, and it, it, that uh, that scratches like a very particular itch for some people. It's made by Bioware, it's like, Ooh. Uh, who yeah. did the Star Wars and like the Kotor games. Yeah. So it it comes from like a ver a team that did like that A D and D I think it's called style where it's like very you put your stats into your characters you have you're like essentially tank wizard robe kind of like people like each character has like an archetype and you can you like choose your moves and kind of stuff and then you have that good and evil dichotomy that they like yeah. really had in the early games yeah it's almost like it so nowadays i've been meaning to get myself a little more free time because i want to try and get back into it but i had bought divinity original sin 2 with the notion that it is very it's very much like the closest thing one could do if they have a, a passion for for like pen and paper fantasy games like to get Definity Original Sin 2 because it is straight up just the what would be the equivalent of playing Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition by yourself or with people because I've seen I've actually seen people use Divinity Original Sin 2 to run their Dungeons and Dragons games as like a like a stand-in for not having a tabletop, which is super cool if everyone has Divinity Original Sin, <laughs> <laughs> which I know is not always the an option for people. Isn't there a free is, version of Divinity? No, I'm thinking of Path of Exile. Path you of are Exile thinking of Path of Exile. Is the, um, Diablo-esque free-to-play yes. game. Yes. 
That's Lost Ark. Lost Ark? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. game people have been twi- twitching all the time. Lost Ark is the MMO Diablo, but no, yeah. I think um, uh, uh, Path of Exile is a little bit more... You're just playing a classic Diablo 2 game. Hmm. You know what? So really quick and just to get back to because i know i've been kind of rambling about a whole bunch of games that i kind of like but i haven't really said the things that i look for in a game so like if i had to talk about the game if the game thing i thing i look for in games that i play in my casual time it would be things like story a character some form of i guess that's entwined with story but like the character development of like York personal character as well as like side characters. So stuff like Mass Effect or Fire Emblem, I get a real kick out of because it's just a roster full of personalities and you can choose to spend your time with those people if you want to. I I freaking love that shit. <laughs> um, you have uh, gameplay wise. Do you like tend to, like you mentioned Fire Emblem, but I I, mm-hmm. I know you kind of tend to lean away from RPGs in general, right? Uh, it kind of depends. So I love Persona 5. I think Persona 5 is an incredible game. I want to give the other Persona games a chance. But Persona, like, games like, like, older, older Western RPGs like Final Fantasy is too high fantasy for me. Like, the settings that they take place in is not something that I really mesh with. Because it starts to get into a like, how do I? How would I describe it? It's kind of it's almost like a high fashion fantasy, of sorts. Interesting. You've seen like, like it, seven, it, right? like Final Fantasy seven, right? How it's all like steampunk. Yeah, run. it's like after seven, it starts to become like that more high fashion fantasy type thing. But so kind Final of what, Fantasy seven, what 14, look, fourteen and twelve look like the kind of really yeah. elegant that kind of. Elysium. The focus is on the Elysium. Yeah, style, like the, I think it's called is that world. I'm not super familiar, but yeah, but you you get what I'm trying to say is like the it it starts to get into a realm. I I don't know. It's just like the Too there's certain mechanics within. Almost. Yeah, like there's certain mechanics that I think are great in an RPG, and then there's elements that I feel like I don't know. It just doesn't click for me. And Final Fantasy mechanics, for whatever reason, never really clicked in my brain when I was when I was playing them when I was younger. I'm sure maybe I should give them a chance again. Maybe play like a Final Fantasy, like an older Final Fantasy, like maybe seven or something. Well, that give it a chance. Not to get too into it, but that's kind of uh, the point of this podcast. We will get into yeah. now. Um, no, tell really us quick, what I, you look for in a game. I, yeah, tell us really what you quick, look for in a game. That I need to. Um, I just rambled on about I how I just I, like story, and that's <laughs> it. Took me like fifteen minutes to explain that, which is interesting because I feel like a lot of what I like from a game is uh, objective mastery. I guess I'll call it like kind of finding something, having it laid out in front of me, and then being able to overcome a challenge and repeat that challenge. So we talked a lot about Dark Souls in the beginning, that being one of my favorite series. Another one of my favorite series, Monster Hunter, which is all about learning, repeating, and getting to a point, which, game dev term, getting to a flow state where the stress is high enough to keep you engaged, but the ease is like just in that middle peak where you kind of just fully flow through it and can, not mindlessly, but just 
instinctively play the game. So a lot of those, I'll go back and... I'm not a speedrunner, but I love doing the first just section of Resident Evil 4 because I know every inch of that game. Or that beginning, like, town section. So I'll, like, just blaze through it. And it's just... It's such a... That's meditative to me, uh, in a way. And I find a lot of, mm-hmm. like... When I play fighting games, I get into that... Uh, I do. I get into that mindset while also having a competitive, like trying to read my other player. Um, I want to get into RPGs. I don't know if I like them. <laughs> I, I, and you just gotta is, find the right one. This is kind of the impetus for uh, what started this podcast. Is I really want to delve into what I like, what I don't like, and be a little bit more introspective on the games i play so that when i pick games in the future i can figure out just like oh this like it won't be a waste of time because we're getting older jobs are creeping in i don't have this weekend is a anomaly in which i play 24 hours of a video game usually i get three to four hours a week just because i'm trying to keep myself on schedule <laughs> with things so i this weekend is an anom- anomaly in the sense that i <laughs> I'm not frantically running around doing like 12 different things that I do uh, any chance I don't work. So <laughs> it's nice to just breathe every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. And so with RPGs in mind, I was thinking, why well, my partner has this uh, PSP lying around. Who, but, me? No, uh, my real life partner. Um, <gasps> I'm yes. not your real life partner? Listen, Evan's just Evan's just shy to admit his true feelings about me. Eventually, he'll come to terms with it. I'll just, you know, the podcast, the the under the understory between this po- the, of this whole podcast is just trying to f- pull out Evan's tendencies to want to be my partner. I do want to be your partner. I've been your partner for twenty years. It's just this Shh. other partner I have, like sure. partner. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Don't worry, I'll I'll break him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So I I must break you, and then Zangief does the red tornado. <laughs> yes, she had the PSP. I know I know Zangief doesn't say that line. It's from Rocky, but he's they're both Russian and they're both kind of the same the same character. Leave me alone. <laughs> I was gonna let it slide. Even, <laughs> even though uh, what's his face does look more like Guile than he does Zangief. Uh, oh, Dolph Lundgren. I, I don't know what his character's Rocky. name is. I need to watch those Rocky movies. I don't know what his... I forget what his name is in that Rocky movie, but I know the actor, so I just call it Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I just think that's how he is all the time. Although, he has a master's in... Oh, God, what science? It's like... I think it's aerospace engineering or something. Dolph Lundgren or the... Yeah, Dolph Lundgren is a genius. Drago. Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago, Yes. Yes, Ivan Drago has a P- a PhD or a master's in a in an engineering sciences. And I only know that because I went on a random internet binge one day and he was answering theoretical theoretical math questions with a science YouTuber and I was like, "What the what the heck?" That's wild. He can punch you and beat you at math? Well, h- how do you think he made that robot in Rocky 4? Oh my gosh, you're right. Holy crap. It all comes full circle. That they took out in uh, later edits of the movie. They just rotoscoped him out because they thought oh it was God. too silly. It's Rocky Four. It's supposed to be silly. Yeah, who would have thought there was such an incredible narrative arc to Rocky Four? 
So, so you wanted to explain? Yes. We what, both, what are we doing here? So what are we, we doing here? Up, We've been talking for an hour. What's our objective here? We both what are we up talking realizing about? Realizing we have PSPs that we can legally uh, acquire other systems onto the PSP in manners that I won't get into can, on the podcast. We can. We can spice them up baby we can spice gonna, them we, up baby we're getting we're getting some spicy psps going got those nice completely legal modulars onto our <laughs> are totally totally legal um so i was like oh i could play old snes games also i should try to play old rpgs and i was gonna do it on my phone or like an old phone i had but i just I like buttons. I can't do the touch screen for yeah, same. like that. So I was like, this is the perfect way to go back and play some Game Boy, some uh, SNES, some like weirdo things too, like in television and not in television. I'll never get into that. But like the older systems, play some mm-hmm. RPGs and really try to dive in at to either why I like them and why I'm bouncing off of them. And the ones I've kind of jumped into were uh chrono trigger and i'm finding i really really enjoy chrono trigger which is amazing because it's nice considered like one of the most loved rpgs uh, it's like a a uh, swan song of developers i think it's at uh, akira toriyama the music person for the early final fantasies um the design from i think dragon quest either dragon quest or like legends of mana all of these Dragon things. Quest and Dragon Ball. Uh, no, uh, Akira Toriyama did uh, design, yes, for Dragon Quest, Dragon Ball. But um, the like the gameplay designer of Dragon Quest, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, also, or Legends of Mana uh, came in, and this it, it was just an accumulation of like everyone, all the greatest talents in RPGs at that time, boom into the game, and I was like. I, I tried playing it in high school, I think, but I I think I was too stupid to play an RPG that wasn't Pokemon or an RPG that yeah. had more than like one active party member uh, at the time. And so now I'm kind of was... like, I should try. Just get in and try it. Yeah, because now you're older and wiser. Now you can maintain that focus because that's really what it comes down to, In at least for when I was starting to play RPGs for the first time, it's how much of an attention span do I have to devote to this one thing? But that's one of the things I really love where I get a lot of satisfaction out of an RPG is the devote, like the same way you, you talk about getting that repetition going, getting into a flow state, that payoff of devoting time to an RPG and giving it the time it deserves when, when given to the right ones, it feels so rewarding to you as a per as a player because you've sp- you've given the game the respect it's due by giving it this uh, you've given it the patience to like you know go through the the lore and like you find out how expansive and beautiful the world that they crafted is and you find out how the personalities of all the characters that they spent time to like craft and try their hardest to make into like what feels like real characters and you get that from, you know, having a little patience. And I know RPGs progressively got longer and longer and longer to the point where it took you 20 hours just to get through the tutorial of Persona 5. 
And that's I find that to be freaking wild that it takes almost a full day to just get through the tutorial of a game. But the game is, I think I wound up beating it in 120-ish hours. And that's still like not even going into depth with all of the characters in the game. Like I still miss stuff. The reason why RPGs are so much fun is that level of going on a quest. Like you're going on a real, real ass quest with these intrepid adventurers sometimes, or you're with your collection of pocket monsters and you're out to, a lot of them tend to be like, you're going to be the best or you're going to defeat the bad guy. And like, sometimes it doesn't need to be a crazy, like now I feel like older RPGs were simpler in the sense of like, oh, you're just going to go and be the best. You're going to go beat that bad guy because he's bad. And now, nowadays, RPGs try to make it very gray. So like, yeah, that guy's that guy's bad, but he's got good intentions or that guy's good, but he is secretly an asshole kind of a thing where I don't know. Like I'm excited to get back into old RPGs cuz I want some I want some I want some simple stories, <laughs> simpler stories. That was a little bit talking, of a random tangent. You're talking <laughs> about a slow nice story where the characters and everything just slowly unfurl. Let me tell you about One Piece, my friend. Oh, and my God. God the pa- I've been going through trying to catch up with One Piece for the past... This is not the One Piece months. podcast, bro. I know bro. this is not the One Piece podcast, but I will make... I will bring One Piece into everything I do now because it hasn't this is the, me. This is the, the same... section called One Piece of Information where <laughs> Evan just talks about One Piece. But it's relevant. Of... It's relevant sure. because in the same way that you're talking about a slow, it's not about the end, it's about the journey and just kind of going through it. It really, it brings to me like, uh, like that's what I have been enjoying about One Piece and setting aside my, I got to complete it, got to finish this mindset. I feel like that I've had with games. I've really enjoyed watching One Piece and just it'll end when it ends, but I, in the state I'm in now, I'm just enjoying where I am. And so I think because I've been go- doing that, I've kind of like primed my brain to do kind of more of an RPG style instead of like a fast, quick serotonin producing game like Monster Hunter or like in short Elden Hades. Ring and like that kind of uh, Hades. Yeah, very quick, punchy, arcadey games. And so that, as I said at the beginning of this 20 minute rant, uh, <laughs> Well, it's kind of the impetus of why I wanted to start this. And I, I kind of wanted to go through and document kind of both of our ideas and mentalities on these games. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think structurally what I want from this podcast is I want everything to be positive. Like, mm-hmm. if you like, not to say we can't talk about negative, but like, I don't want to You're like... You're telling me I can't shit on games, bro? I feel like... I can't come in and be like, Chrono Trigger booty, dude. Who likes this game? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's like a lot of places that do that. And I just, man, I want a nice positive vibe. A lot of things going on in the I world. Feel that. And I just want a nice positive vibe where we can just chill and talk about some games. With my best friend, Jack. Hell yeah. I want to talk about, well, in this, in the same vein, I want to go back to these older games and I want to find, I want to find stuff that relates, maybe harkens to, what games are currently like and try to find reasons why I like, I, cause I feel like there's definitely some retro games that I like for a specific reason. And I want to figure out why, why I like them more than say, uh, what just came out recently? Uh, like uh, why I like that better than say an Elden ring or 
a Lost Ark or some other game that just came out recently. Because in a sense, it's argued that it could be argued that we're playing game, we're playing new games, even though they were released, you know, a couple decades ago, but they're new to us. So they're still new. You know what I mean? I do. And I, I'm really interested to see because, yeah, there is like, there's a level of nostalgia, but how much nostalgia is there when you haven't played the game? I guess like the venue. Yeah, like if you're playing the game for the first time, even though the game came out when you were younger, like there, there is an argument to be made that there could be nostalgia. But if you never played it back when it originally came out, it's no different than if you went through Steam, just went to the indie section and then threw a dart at any game on that board. Right. It's, it's more of a, a nostalgia for the venue or for the like the aesthetic and kind of feel yeah. of a game. And I, I'm excited to go through. I think uh, what we got to do is uh, for I think we're going to do this weekly. I would like to oh. or we could do this biweekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever we decide to do. I want to not fully go through a game, but just get enough in to feel like talk about it. And that's kind of what I want a main section of the podcast to be. Why don't we do a 24 hour thing? Yeah. Okay. You know, get a full, Yeah, we could do like get a full 24 hours of gameplay in. And cause that worked perfectly with Elden ring. You were able to give a good, you were, we were able to have a good discussion about Elden ring in the first, for the first 24 hours. And these games, Rough, like you know, to be to be frank, I doubt twenty four hours is gonna. We could probably beat ninety percent of these games within twenty four hours. Yeah. I think uh, Earthbound and some RPGs go up to forty, but even so, like that's twenty four minutes. Twenty four is yeah. yeah. I feel twenty four like is, at is least enough half. to be able. Oh to man, speak I can't wait to play Earthbound. It just came out on the Switch. Oh wait, you don't have a Switch? Did it really? Yeah. I, I do have a Switch. I just stole it from someone. Oh, well, I mean, it's free. I'm borrowing it from someone. <laughs> no, I'm, I didn't actually steal it. I, I'm a friend of mine. So I'll, I'll tell this story real quick. A friend of mine had a Switch. Then he thought it got stolen because he left it in his car. Bought another Switch to replace it. His girlfriend went into his car, found his old Switch, and now he has two. And so the last time we hung out, he lent me the other switch so now i have a temporary switch to play the fire emblem game fire emblem three houses and i really like that game which is one i do want to go through because i also want to go through the early fire emblem games or like the i got some quips i got some hot takes about it though but out of respect out of respect for my opinion about what makes a good fire emblem game it's nothing like i still enjoy playing fire emblem three houses 100 percent. but there's aspects about it which i you know like in comparison to other fire emblem games i wish they kind of took more cues for from the older ones because you know i guess i'll go into it for for a hot second because i i think it's you know it's a valid point and please tell me like i want to hear people tell me i'm wrong because i could be wrong but i in in playing fire emblem three houses I have about 75 hours into the game. I like the story. I think it's fun. There's the gameplay though is very forgiving, which is 
bizarre when you're a classic Fire Emblem player because the thing that made Fire Emblem so enticing is the permadeath system of like just permanently losing characters and not like if you mess up then you mess up is there no so like section for you to like click that on like in difficulty settings or no but that's the thing so no, not in the game board well, not in like the first couple like there was no, no it, it there was, was no yeah, way the around permadeath first couple with permit but now can you but yes yeah, so now in the thing that they do in this version of fire emblem is they gave a story story reason to have a game mechanic where you can reverse time a certain number of turns or as many turns as you want but you get like i think five redos or something like that and it gets you can get more of them as you progress through the game but so you like, could still the, have that classic fire emblems just by not using yes and it's a it's a it's a toggle you can toggle that option but I feel like it, things don't feel – you don't feel the risk, you know? Like you want to go in and you want to be like a masterful tactician and you want to like have like these scenarios where you you want to hone your skills and get good at this game because you're invested in these characters and you don't want to see them – you know, you don't want to lose them. And, and I feel like – I feel like with this edition, it's a great entry point for people into Fire Emblem. But as someone who's currently going through it, it I feel like it's uh, not, I, I, I don't know. I'm just not a, as big of a fan. I don't really use the features when I play. But I think, I don't know, as 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 someone who has played the Game Boy Fire Fantasy's first, final Fire Emblems first and then have now progressed up to this one, I think they, I definitely think they made it easier for people to come in. I just, I don't know. I feel like it, it takes away some of the weight of your decisions and stuff. And I think they also had this, they had the toggle mode for the last Fire Emblem game that came out, the one with... 3DS one, um, right? Yes, the 3DS one. But I wound up playing it on the... the, the cl I think they called it the classic setting. But I guess that's just a matter of how you want to approach a Fire Emblem game. That's something to keep... It is something to keep in mind, though, if you want, if we're going to be playing the classic Fire Emblems. If you goof up, gonna have to going to have to deal with it. <laughs> oh, no, I won't be able to play as Lucina. Oh, no, she's the main character. Dude, if she dies, you have to restart the whole thing. I know, I'm kidding. It's just <laughs> Marth clones and Smash. I don't actually mind all the Fire Emblem characters. It was just a small quip. But, um... Honestly, there are a lot of Marth clones, though. Can we be Can we be honest? <laughs> Lucina, no, Marth. Like, there's like... No, Marth. that's it, too. Marth, Lucina. No, there's another one. Corrin. Corrin's not a Marth clone, is she? No, not Corin. Um, jeez, he looks like older Marth. Ike. Ike is, he is from? A separate. No, not uh, not Ike. I'd have to go pull it up. Here, but that's my that's my opinion about Fire Emblem. Violet. I think you, I think it's a. I think so. Violet's the dragon. That's not real. I mean, it has a counter, but. No, not not Violet. Hold on, Violet. I'll look it um, up. Crom. Oh my God, Crom! You're right. I totally forgot Crom existed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. And Roy, Marth and Roy. Yeah, 
argue well i think in smash they kind of made him more he's kind of like if you took marth and ike and mushed them together a little bit of an in between yeah but he has the counter and the tip but roy's and... the original ike let's be fair let's be frank let's... <laughs> honestly like one two yeah marth lucina crom and roy to some extent are pretty much the same character ike's his own thing Byleth is kind of his own thing, but Byleth and Corrin are kind of the same. Anyway. Wait, they don't have um Robin. They don't have Robin in here. Robin I see Robin. I don't have, I don't see Robin in my searches. Doesn't matter. I know Robin's there, and that's the important thing. Anyway. Uh I think we should start coming to a wrap, but I do have one more uh segment or chapter. Oh, uh called oh. News or New to Us. Which I believe you had you had something you wanted to say for this. Yes. So recently they released the trailer for Capcom released the trailer for the new Street Fighter that's coming out, Street Fighter Six. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Wide review. Wide, Wide review. review. Oh my gosh. What a steamy boy. I don't know what it is what about that Reach for the Moon engine that just makes them huge. Every huge, man like is genuinely is huge. Wide. He, the, every man is a '90s comic book character. I'm specifically a Liefeld. <laughs> that chest. Oh my gosh! I can like that chest can support my whole life. Goddamn, Ryu's looking real good. Real good for 50 years old. And at this he point, has sandals. He does. Those toes. Don't talk Jiminy about toes. Christmas. No toes. They, this is they a spent no a lot of time though. on them, dude. They spent like a solid two seconds on him. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out who the other character was in that trailer because I couldn't put my finger on it. I thought he was a uh, Final Fight character uh... or maybe a Streets of Rage character, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And Let upon me... trying to like go through internet, I couldn't find anything either because everyone was talking about Wide Ryu. <laughs> And the fact that the Street Fighter Six logo is just a is so lazy. Bat. It's a bad. Right. It's so lazy. Give me forty seconds. They had such. Give me forty okay. seconds to uh, watch. I'm going to talk about the. I'm going to talk about the Street Fighter logo. The Street Fighter logo looks like they hired a kid in high school who just learned about Photoshop, and they said we need a logo that says SF and throw a six in there somewhere. So they made a hexagon shape. I mean, you can I, to those listening, you could look it up, but I'm going to describe it if you're if you don't really feel like it, because frankly, it's oh, it feels like a waste of time. <laughs> it's just it's a hexagon, and inside the X hexagon fits like a very angular S and a angular F, and then it's a blood splatter at the corner, and it just says six. And if you have some familiarity with Street Fighter. You know that Street Fighter is known for its incredibly designed title card. It's like a beautiful, like, like jagged, but clean paint stroke, like Street Fighter. And then like, it's a vibrant orange with like the red backdrop, like red shadow to it. And they've, they've, they've had that for so long and it's so easy to just keep that one because they str had lightning in a bottle. But for whatever reason, they were like, nope, 
let's go with a i guess it could be argued that it's quote modern and sleek and minimalist not everything needs to be minimalist i think okay? i can tell you what it is okay it's esports street fighter because stupid because this street fighter in particular the character you didn't know that's uh luke he is the new character the new face of this street fighter and he is based on the fighting style of mma and so it looks very mma cage mma like the hexagon or octagon uh like style of stri- of like fighting because you know like street fighter is all about taking different fighters from different fighting styles and then you know so i think that's what they're trying to do is making it more esports more trendy while introducing kind of the mma fighting style to uh the game doesn't mean it's good though nope i i, I want the flashy. <laughs> but here's the thing it's not like they 100 i mean with the logo they did but with the game it seems like they're still <laughs> doing the ink splotches from four at least mm-hmm which was a cool, like, which was a cool add-on on, like, doing the uh, the unblockables or not unblockables, the un, what were they called? The un, the ones you can't 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 make people stun cancel. What are they called? Yeah, the unblockable ink. Uh, right. Yeah, but there's a isn't there a term for it in particular? Not it's not unblockable, but it's. Ugh. It gives you frame and vulnerability is the main thing. <laughs> oh, you're making me think but, now. Right? I, I'm not crazy in thinking the that it does armor? have a name to it. The super armor? Yes. On a move? Yeah. I think I think that's it. That's essentially what they the in game mechanics, that's what it gives you when you activate it. But Yeah, it's it's essentially you, you it's just can like super a, armor through a move and it does like um not a counter, but just damage high damage. It's more move. like a it's more like if you know someone's go- going through a c- about to come at you with a combo, you could quickly like hit into it, let them come at you to get a combo in, and then you can. It's like it's a Ganon Warlock. It's almost punch. like a counter. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, Reuse is a is a Ganon Warlock punch. <laughs> Man, oh, um, gosh, I just so I will. I really love Street Fighter, but I'm so worried that like this version of street fighter is gonna kind of they need to not do what they did with five what they did with five where they like trickled out uh content and they Mm -hmm. really just like now street fighter five now if you play it now it's a fine game it's good i i mean i prefer three alpha and like four if i were to play Mm -hmm. a street fighter but like it's like it's much better than on release and they fix a lot of things but yeah, I don't you know. I feel like Capcom ever screens. since four. You can see the loading screens that have the ads. You can see the like layout of the entire. It, they are going for fighting, like for esports. They want to be esports. Yeah. They want to do it, which is great. I want to see more supported tournament play. I want to see more supported, like pay the mm-hmm. fighters, pay people to come out and play, make it a oh, spectacle. Man. I love to see that industry. Don't make it so minimalist. I want it to still yeah. be Street Fighter and fun inherent. It's in particular the past logos, it gave off like it gives off that sense of excitement. It's a it's a Street Fighter game. Like you're about to see some high octane like pro play 
like oh my gosh i if you ever get a chance to look up evo tournaments of people playing like three street fighter three alpha and street fighter two uh and sometimes like street fighter four even like even when they play like street fighter four it is so like exciting to see two people who have mastered their characters or two people that are playing alternate characters that no one's ever seen them play before i mean and they're both incredible at it if you want it's so exciting if you want the full experience just look up evo moment 37 or the that's true Oh, that God. will show you what, a, what an incredible thing. The intensity at which these fighting games can be. And honestly, like the pop-offs, that is what mm. I want from like future Street Fighters and things like that. And if they can bring now a venue for people to come in and create these moments and have more dedicated locals, more dedicated like tournament play, love it. I will always be down for more positive good like fighting game material honestly just i feel like evo needs even more attention Ed. or like tournaments like what you were saying before getting companies to pay more attention to those types of tournaments like i not to point it out but league of legends is a good example of like a a company recognizing a people's passion for a game and at least supporting it in terms of like a tournament style thing. Cause you look at league of legends and they, they've had tournaments, I believe since season two, maybe season three, but ever since that, like when's the tw- there, it goes to show like, if you say league of legends, a lot of people think about Twitch and league of legends tournaments. Sometimes some people also think about, toxicity but that's beside the point (laughs) stay posy good vibes good vibes guys ride the wave when people think about league of legends they think about that's the thing that people stream on twitch and when you look at twitch even now like 10 years later 10 12 years later from when league was initially released league of legends is still one of the most viewed games on twitch and like their tournaments bring in millions of dollars now as like prize money has it moved over to i mean from my perspective i do not play league or really like Mm -hmm. see media of it but um i was under the impression that a lot of people switched over to uh, team fight tactics or what's the mobile so it's interesting because tft i spend i've been spending a little more time in the league atmosphere because i've hit some patches where i don't have a lot of time i had i didn't have a lot of time to play games but a lot of companies were starting to come out with it's like when everyone decided to come out with a card game and like different mobile games to kind of rope people into their other properties so riot released a game called team fight tactics which is essentially an auto chess game in that you have a grid of you have a grid of hexagons and you can put league of legends champions into those hexagons and they do basic attacks and then one of their like they'll build up a little gauge and then they'll do one of their like in game attack like specials as their special attack 
And the whole point is like they they fight each other, but depending on where you place them on the on the hexagon, and you build up team synergies. Like each of them have their own uh, role, and then a team that they're a part of. And if you get enough people of a team together, it gives you bonuses. And if you get enough people in a certain role, it gives you bonuses. So it became it became less of a like a MOBA game, and it became more of a it, it became it definitely became more casual because. I play TFT when, you know, when I'm, when I've got nothing else to do, like if I'm working on, if I'm trying to trying to relax on my desk and I don't feel like pulling up a real game, I will pull up TFT and YouTube and I will play TFT while watching stuff on YouTube or, you know, maybe I'll pull up anime or something. And, but it's casual, it's at a level of casual where you could be someone that, pulls it up just to like casually play or you could try and like get these synergies going and it has that level of like ranked to it to where you can be in competitions and stuff like that but the thing about tft is that it has rng to it so it's like it's similar to a card game in the sense that you only have like such so much probability to get certain heroes at a certain time. And I've seen people describe it as kind of like a Moneyball esque scenario where you're constantly rotating and shifting around your roster in order to stay within like the higher placements. I'm coming, I'm coming from a place of someone who's now able to constantly place higher than fourth, which according to TFT is still a win. So, um, that was a, like when I come up with what's up. That's a fantastic explanation, and I'm so sorry to say I think I meant Wild Rift. Oh yeah, the card game. No. Oh no 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 the, the mobile, mobile version the of League of Legends. League. Yeah. Yes. Wow shit. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. I'm letting him go, but I feel bad because I'm just gonna have a hard left turn into Wild Rift. Oh my god. I, well, if you didn't know what TFT was, that's what it is. No, but that's interesting um, to hear you play because I feel like yeah, a lot of times gaming now is just I have 20 minutes, I have 15 minutes, so let's just get into it, a thing. Which I believe Wild Rift does. They shorten the yes. about 30 minute league game to like a 15. 20 minute yes. like experience gameplay becomes faster and also it allows in a group of ind- people that ha- like league of legends but aren't able to play league of legends the opportunity to play even if it is on a somewhat simplified version of it because it's not the full roster of league heroes it is the uh i think the abilities are are kind of slimmed down as well and certain in-game moments i don't think to my knowledge because i've never gotten the chance to download it i don't think you have a jungler role i think it's just and if you do please tell me i'm wrong yeah i'm I'm looking at pictures Uh, okay so i to my knowledge like there's slight role differences but at the same time it works because now that version of league of legends is about speed league of legends proper is still kind of it's still fast because league league games used to be like hours sometimes hour and a half now if you play a game of league of legends which i've been doing recently because i kind of want to play a competitive game that is a little that isn't a first person shooter if i'm being honest but 
You should totally in play playing... Dragon Ball Fighters with me and my crew. Oh shit! I need, but I would need a. I need to get like the the board. You know what I mean? I need stick. to get like the proper. Yeah, I need to get a proper fight stick going. Fight stick off Amazon. I bought it for my uh, friend. I'm not a cheap ass hoe though. That I want. Works. I want the good. I want the good good. I mean, <laughs> no, just, just be like me and steal it from some random college guy that left it up at a uh, my partner's dorm. Is that how you got your fight stick? Yep. It was a it was a clean but out. But it's so nice. It's so nice. It's the Injustice Two. I don't think it's Mad Cat, but it's the Injustice Two fight stick. And it was out there just sitting for a week. Everyone had moved out. I was up there during like a like in a transition between Maybe. two semesters, <laughs> and they were about to like take it and throw it out. And I was like, No, this is mine. <laughs> don't. This is mine now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's insane. I just cleaned it up a little bit and like figured it out. I did not know that. It's great. Yeah, like a hundred dollar fight stick on the ground. Well, back, so back to League really quick. Um, League League of Legends games now are like at most forty five minutes. Okay, like they've really like they've they're trying to really change the game to make it work in a. They, they they pay attention to well, I mean that's a broad statement. League of, like Riot kind of pays attention, but like like most other companies, like they try they try to pay attention, but <laughs> there's some glaring issues that need to be addressed. But that for the most part, they're trying to you know shift the game into a a meta where it's games don't take super long. And at this point, like a lot of people understand the rules of League, so they're able to like kind of move it towards a format where it can be faster and then wild wild rift is is like that times two in terms of speed okay and it's crazy because riot has i can even probably at this moment every there is never a moment where riot doesn't have a game streaming on twitch like it is incredible how they've been able to keep up or I guess the community, the communities have been able to keep up. They have at least three or four games in the top ten games right, they also that are streaming right have now. Valorant, correct? Yes, yeah. they have Valorant. They have Wild Rift. They have regular League, and they have they have Team Fight Tactics. They have the new card game they came out with called Legends of Runeterra. Right, right, but right. Let's see. So I believe this I go, is kind of the style that, getting back to the um, news part, this is the style that Street Fighter really wants to get into, and they want to have mm. this publicity. And I mean, you see the rise, and I might be biased because I'm in the community, the rise of appeal that, like, Guilty Gear had when it came out. And, like, enough so to where we were able to get uh, another Arc Systems P4 Not Arena Guilty Ultimax. Gear? Persona 4 Arena, Arena Ultimax. Uh, yeah. So, we, like, just able to get that. No rollback, sadly, but able to get updated, new, breathe new life into the fighting games. I would much prefer this than the pre-Street Fighter 4 dead space we had for What a wild years. space that was. You know what could be filled in, though? Skullgirls. Honestly, if you want to get into fighting games, that's like a $3 on Steam purchase. Very and good it's worth intro. it very worth it you'll learn pretty much i i call them hyper fighters you'll learn kind of like the hyper fighter mechanic of fighting games fantastic it's also got a really solid practice room oh yeah that you can toggle on a whole bunch of stuff but it's it's 
it can be it could feel like a lot of information but it, it's a great area for testing out how combos work because i believe you're able and i know it's more of a it's probably a staple in other games it's of that of this nature you got a lab yeah, that's how I play. Honestly, if I'm not playing with someone, I'm playing fighters just in the lab, trying to work on a combo or see what I can string it into. Mm-hmm. God, there's some. You watch some videos of people pulling off these combos in a lab, and you're like, and you want you want to see it happen. Like the after you've watched it, you're like, oh man, this would be really cool if they just did this in a real match like for for like a a ranking or a competition or something because some combos that you can only do in practice it sucks that you can only do them in practice Mm -hmm. like you gotta have like a fighting game uh, week at one point i i want to play old fighting games i mean uh we could probably pull up an old fighter on this 2.0 second part of the news um uh leak showing capcom fighting game collection uh, coming out, including uh, essentially all the Darkstalkers games, which amazing that they're oh, getting. Oh, snap! Uh, yeah, Capcom Fighting Collection, I believe it's called. Yo, you want to talk about some good sprites? Oh. Darksiders. Darksiders, I think three. <laughs> yep. Uh, not even a leak anymore. Fully released uh, trailer as of six days ago. Uh, <laughs> a little behind. A little behind, <laughs> but you know. Uh, yeah, Red Earth, Cyberbots, which you may know one of the characters from Marvel 2. Uh, Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Vampire Hunter, yeah, all the uh, Street Fighter 2 Anniversary, Gem Fighter, love me a puzzle game, uh, Super Puzzle Fighter, or no, Gem Fighter is not, Puzzle Fighter is the uh, puzzle game, Gem Fighter is just the chibi, uh, <laughs> cute little uh, Street Fighter 2, god, yeah, this looks good, I'm probably picking this up when it comes out, just because I love the, I love Capcom Fighters, honestly, mm-hmm. Um, it looks really. It looks great. Let's see. Ah, man, this is a level of, like, this is a level of design that I do kind of miss, and I know that's definitely fueled by nostalgia. But like, there's just something about metal two D sprite. Yeah, yeah. It's they just spent so much time. It's pretty. Ah, oh, man, animation's all crisp. People are looking, looking sleek. Uh, yeah. Speaking the of animation nostalgia. frames, look. Uh, how do you feel about Pokemon? Uh, I enjoy Pokemon. I Did liked... you see the news today? That's literally happened a couple hours before recording. No. What, well, what I want it? to see your live reaction to these. Oh, these little, just... these little boys. <gasps> oh, look at this little cat. Oh my gosh. That's such a cute. I'm so, oh, it's such a cute little cat. Oh my gosh, this. Oh my. Yeah, these might just be the best. Some of the best starter designs I've seen yet. These guys are so cute. So Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, was announced today during the Pokemon Presents. And what are they? The what, what are they? The bad boy Power Rangers from Ninja Ninja Storm. You said Scarlet, Scarlet and Violet. And Violet. Yeah, you're right. The Thunder Rangers. Yeah, the thunder. <laughs> Mad that I know that. Anyway, uh, these you... cute little guys uh, are the starters for Gen 9, uh, which will be set, I believe, Spain. It looked very much like Spain, and a lot of the names sound uh, like Spain, and some of the architecture looked like Madrid. So I believe it's set in Spain, like early Spain 
history Pokemon trailer came out at the end of the present. And honestly, I'm loving it. I'm loving the designs, the little apple gator things giving me very Totodile vibes, which Totodile is my it is very Totodile favorite vibes. Pokemon. Uh, so I might go fire I, this generation, which I never do, usually grass or water. I also, I mean, it really depends. Really quick, what's your favorite Pokemon? What's your favorite starter? A Totodile, 100%. Okay. My favorite starter is Tur- Tur- Turtwig. You can fight me in the comments about it. I think Turtwig is, if not the best starter, I think he's the I think he's the best starter. He's you cute. can fight me about I it. I love but him. He's, he's the best. Old man. Other than Rowlet, this starter grass type is probably it's tied for second Ooh. in terms of my favorite. Look how freaking cute it is. I mean, it really all comes down to the final evolutions. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. I can't wait to see those. Because I remember loving Chespin. I sure did <laughs> and love now Chespin. Look at Chespin. And only Chespin of that line. <laughs> but um, or um, what was it? What was it? Uh, Grookey. Grookey was the one for. Uh, I love all Grookey. I like. Yeah, that was uh, the Sword and Shield. Um, mm-hmm. Which getting into this seems to have a bit of Pokemon Arceus uh, attached to it. Oh, thank God. Uh, which honestly, thank Arceus. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it looks like it's gonna have a little bit more of that um, Arceus uh, gameplay style and loop, which honestly, I loved. Like I, I didn't play I, much of it after seeing seeing how Arceus worked worked out. I want to get it once I get a get my own Switch. I don't want to yeah. get buy games for a Switch that's not mine, so I want to get my own and then try Arceus because I played a little bit of Sword and Shield. And while it was a step in the right direction in terms of how to go about like making a transition into a newer format for Pokemon, it still kind of feels like, I don't, I don't know. I think Arceus is definitely like a step in the right direction for making it feel new and refreshing, but about, there was something about Sword and Shield I just couldn't get behind. And I don't know what it was. I could see that. I enjoyed Sword and Shield. Honestly, I've enjoyed most. But I, I started enjoying Pokemon way more when I realized I don't care about battle or any. I just want to go explore cute Pokemon and cute Pokemon worlds. That's fair. And so maybe I that's why like, I got to do it. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I I will have a Quillfish on my team because Quillfish is cool, and I like Gen two. Quillfish. I will have no type coverage, and I will. It's a Pokemon game. I don't think I'm going to have trouble getting through it. Like, mm-hmm. so I just, that's kind of how I've been playing Pokemon recently. And I just mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Um, I've watched a friend of mine just started a Nuzlocke recently. I'm talking briefly more about Pokemon. A friend of mine started a Nuzlocke recently. And it reminded me of how much fun Pokemon could be when you go after it, not in the like in the in the pro gamer sense so like when you tackle it in the ways that make it fun for you where you just which like, kind of goes back to i have what i have and i can't get upset kind of yeah it, it goes back to the what we were talking about at the beginning when we were talking about how how you play elden ring and how i play hades in the sense that at the end of the day however you play the game and however you get fun out of it is the important thing so I well said. Well might said. Hop- 
and might hop into this Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I think actually, I think we should wrap it up. Say, um, I just want to say thank you, Jack, for joining me on this, and uh, thank you, Evan, for coming up with this this idea of a podcast. Yeah, love to uh, love to be able to get together, start chatting a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, more. More time allotted to actually just hanging out since uh, Hell yeah. things have been getting a little lost in the sauce. It's all about, it's you know what it is? It's growing up. Growing up. We're growing up in interesting times right now. Yeah. Well, I guess every time's interesting times, but that real part of growing up as a young adult into a proper adult. Right. Where you're like, you're still kind of, it's funny because you're not really a person until after high school. Because after high school, like that age group, like when you turn 18, life kind of, that's when life starts to actually happen. Like it feels like for some, for most people, I should say, because I know everyone's upbringing is a little different, but it certainly feels like when after 18, certain life lessons start to hit harder and things that you kind of didn't realize were going to, things you were going to have to balance become more prevalent like free time (laughs) making time to you know making time for yourself to like play games or you know hang out with people so like it is gonna be nice to have something where we can you know create that be able to sit down talk and also feel productive and not have the sense behind your brain going you could be working you could be working you could be working (laughs) This is work. Shut up, mom. <laughs> Shut up, mom. I mean, brain. <laughs> Freudian. So, did we want to talk about real quick as we're wrapping up? What are we gonna? What are we gonna play? Um, what do we want to do a quick? To- what do we want to do a twenty-four hour thing about? So, with I still have to set up the PSP, but yeah, once I do, I what do I? What am I loading weekend. up? Um, how do you feel about Chrono Trigger? Either Chrono. Tr- I was thinking, uh, let's start with an RPG. Just get our okay. feet wet. I've started Chrono Trigger. I'm a little bit past, if you're familiar with it, I'm a little past mm-hmm. where you meet Robo. Okay. And the Rick How many hours? music starts. Uh, that's probably about like two or three hours. I've been playing like, okay. I've been playing like during my morning coffee, I'll open it up and it's been linear enough to where I haven't had to look at anything up to like where to get. So I've just kind of been like, do a quick jot, get to a safe spot finish my coffee, start the day, or, like, lay in bed for 15 okay. minutes. So that's... Yeah, I'll do Chrono Trigger. All right, yeah. We can start awesome. on some Chrono Trigger. See, uh... So, come back next week. We'll be talking about that, as well as any news or anything uh, we've been playing during the week. And, um... Yeah, if you listen this far, thank you. Uh... If you listen this far, sorry. <laughs> No, no apologies. You <laughs> signed up stu- for this. But you're stuck with us now. You signed Deal up with for it. us. So this has been the Retro Reservoir, uh, where the games from the past come rushing in. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Evan. I'm a piece of toast. And hope uh, we hope to see you next time. Take care. Spread that jam. <laughs>